Hey, drinking buddies, happy new year. To welcome in the year of the tiger, we're giving you 22% off snacks and merchandise for a limited time only. Head to thedrinkingbuddyshop.com and use code TIGER22, that's TIGER22, to get 22% off your order now. Hurry before this offer ends. But another key factor in Ginjos and Daiginjos is the yeast. The yeast is what's actually making it fruity and floral and aromatic. This is The Drinking Buddy Show, where we explore food, craft, beverage pairings, and the entrepreneurs and tastemakers behind them. I'm Frank, founder of Drinking Buddy Artisan Snacks. On today's show, sake secret owner, sommelier, and Long Beach local Greg Beck returns to share more of his expertise in our latest edition of Sips and Snacks. I wanted to get Greg's thoughts on some new sake pairings while we ring in the new year. We prepped cheese, salami, senbei, and walnuts, then got down to finding our favorite combinations. All right, Greg, welcome back to Sips and Snacks, our favorite guest on the show, since nobody else has been on the show, and thank you for disrobing. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good to be here! (laughs) And not wearing clothes! It's actually, like, kind of warm today. It's been pretty cold lately. That's true. I'm glad it's warming up a little bit. All right, so congratulations on the grand opening of Sake Secret inside Long Beach Beer Lab. Yeah, thank you so much. It's really coming along, and it's a it's a fun environment. Absolutely. Yeah, I got to go for New Year's Eve, and then I saw New Year's Day. You had big crowd come in, and nice. So I should tell everybody when you're open. Oh yeah, so my pop up is open inside Long Beach Beer Lab, the Gastro Pub. Every Thursday and Sunday from 3 to 8.30. Last call is at 8.30. And uh, Friday and Saturday we open at 4 and last call is at 10.30. Awesome. So if you haven't been there yet and you are close to Long Beach or even if you're far away, make the trip on down. It's well worth your time. It's the only sake bar of its kind, what, in Southern California? or? Well, so there are sake bars and there are izakaya which can be called sake house but uh this is a a dedicated retail space for sake and you can also buy it by the glass as well all right so i had greg come back onto the show because we are going to do some tastings today he's brought some sake with him what did you bring well today i brought some of the shinsei dasai 45 this is a variation of Dasai's Junmai Daiginjo that's polished to 45% of the original weight of the rice. But it's Shinsei, as in English it's called Dasai Dex 45, because they did a collaboration with a medical doctor who wanted to enrich sake and make it more healthy by adding more medicinally positive nutrients and amino acids to it. The sake is already rich in nutrients and amino acids. This kind of just takes it up another level. And it's really good. And it's brewed by Asahi Shuzo? Yeah. They are in Iwakuni, just over the border from Hiroshima in Yamaguchi. And there's also a big military base. It is a historic castle town in Japan. They have a cool Iwakuni castle up on a hill across five iconic Japanese bridges called Kintaikyo. It's a great spot to visit, and this is one of the foremost Junmai Daiginjo brewing 
sake breweries in all of Japan right now. Wow. And then you were able to give out some samples of this. Yeah. So this was the uh, promotion for my official grand opening last Saturday. And uh, I sell Dasai 45 as well as Dasai 23 and their most high-end available Dasai Beyond Sonosakie. And as a, a loyal promoter of, of that brand and, and what they're doing for the Junmai Daiginjos, they wanted to help me uh, celebrate by donating some bottles to the cause. Awesome. Well, I'm very excited to try it. Now, do you want to try this one first? Yeah. So I don't know if you remember our previous conversations, but you always want to start with the most elegant, the most refined and work your way down because that way you pick up on the subtleties and the nuance. All right, please. Sweet. Hand me that tapered glass. Because this is a very aromatic sake, you, it's best enjoyed in a glass with a tapered nose so that it can focus the aroma on your nose as you drink it. Very nice. And I'm using my glass from the San Diego Sake Festival put on by B-Shock Ramen, San Diego Sake Day. Yeah, and I will say if, if they weren't also a restaurant and ramen shop, they would absolutely be the biggest, closest competition to me in, in terms of having a great sake selection and uh, knowledgeable staff. Awesome. Definitely recommend going there. Kampai. Kampai. Mm, delicious. Yeah, it's good, huh? Oh, wow. Have you, have you had the regular Dasai 45? Yes. Do you remember the difference or I'm trying to think? I mean, it's been a little while, but I just remember Dasai 45 being very elegant. Mm hmm. And I want to say I had it with Nabe. I'm trying to think of what kind of Nabe I had it with, but it's a good pairing. Yeah. It, I want to say it was Tonyu Nabe. Ooh. Yeah. And nice. it, it paired excellently, but. Trying to think of what the difference is between this one. It's something about like the mouthfeel. Well, I would say this is, uh, so the, the standard Dasai 45 Junmai Daiginjo is extremely clean. Hmm. The aromatics on this, uh, just starting by smelling it are pretty much identical. You get like white flour. Hmm. Yeah, that's what it is. It's like, almost bit. like a, like if you had a, a light delicate tea. Mm-hmm. A little like lychee. Mm. And then the mouthfeel, like you were saying before, is there's a little more substance mm. to this Shinsei Dasai Dex, probably because it has been enriched and it has more in it. Yeah. It's not effervescent, but it feels almost like it's carbonated. You know what I mean? Like a little bit at the back of the throat. Maybe oh. it's just the alcohol. I actually think that's the acidity. Mm. Um, this has a very pleasant acidity, and that's probably also because one of the things they enriched it with was uh, more amino acids, which mm. sake is already rich in. Yeah, this um, is fantastic. Yeah. Now, what, what would a bottle of this go for? I think retail would be between 40 and $50. Okay, it's not too bad. No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, this is... That, yeah, that would put it in the 60 to $80 range at a restaurant, but absolutely worth it. I mean, if you're pairing it with a light-bodied food or, yeah, even just any seafood would probably mm. be a good deal. Another thing would be mild cheese. 
So do you want to, we've got a little platter here of cheeses, sembe, nuts. I did walnuts because we just had New Year's and my wife made osechi. Mm. And one of her dishes is to have the walnuts with iwashi, the sardines. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it is caramelized. And so it's it almost like, not a good way to describe it, but if you remember Cracker Jack, it comes out kind of like that. Oh, both the nuts and the iwashi? Yeah. Wow. Caramelized together. It's delicious. That's awesome. Yeah. That sounds really good, actually. Yeah. I would I would love to see, because a wall, a, this is a, a raw walnut, or is it roasted yeah, it's or raw. unsalted? Yeah, unsalted. I have a feeling this just is going to be nice and mild and great with the sake. Itadakimasu. Kind hmm. of pulls a little bit of the sweetness out of the walnut. Yeah. It definitely adds a little sweetness, a little enhances the nuttiness. Huh. A raw, unsalted walnut is pretty mild. Yeah. But that, it definitely enhances it a little bit, but it's still not too crazy. No. I think probably a mild cheese would be better. Go for it. I don't know. Do we have a really have mild, a mild cheese, cheese yeah. here. I think ours are all pretty strong. Give it a bite. That's the one that tastes like Gouda. Ah, okay. A little too strong. Oh, so good. Okay, I need a pour more sake. <laughs> Terrible. Pour me. Is that a pouring joke? It was a pour joke. Yeah. Eh. We need the labels for these cheese. I don't remember what they are. Laughing grass. Laughing grass. Wrestler's cheese. Hemp seeds. It's from the Alps. It's nutty, grassy, full of Swiss cow milk. Yeah. That's excellent, and goes well with this Shinsei Dasai 45. Shout out to Cheese Addiction in Belmont Shore. All right, so where do we go from here? So we've just done Dasai 45, Jinmai Dai Ginjo. So the next one is Hanaharu, which a friend brought over for New Year's. And I thought it was an excellent Junmai Ginjo. It's not super delicate. We had it with a lot of osechi, so a lot of New Year's food, which has a lot of flavors of a lot of Japanese vegetables. There's a little bit of, like I mentioned, the walnuts, some seafood. There's also some kind of bitter stuff because they use a lot of, of soup. Vinegar. Vinegar. So a lot of uh, interesting flavors, but again, it's Japanese food, so it's not going to be super, super strong. So I thought it didn't overpower anything. And this is bottled in Fukushima. It's 16%. It doesn't, I don't know if they covered up where it said how much it was polished. Yeah. Well, the Ginjo polish is um, maximum 60% of the original weight of the rice. So it's, the number is going to be 60 or less. All right. Let's give it a try. So that's that's the requirement to call something ginjo. But another um, another key factor in ginjos and daiginjos is the yeast that they use. You think you should use the same glass? Yeah, that's the one that points to your nose. Yeah. The yeast is what's actually making it fruity and floral and aromatic. And those are the qualities associated with ginjos and daiginjos. So... Sometimes you'll hear other people talking about sake mention that, oh, this actually has a ginjo polish. 
So it, they, you could call it a ginjo, but that's, that's actually not true. You wouldn't call it a ginjo if it didn't use a ginjo yeast. Mm. And a lot of times it will be called a tokubetsu junmai or a tokubetsu honjozo, even though it has that ginjo or daiginjo polish because they don't want to confuse you when you're shopping. One exception is if they purposely call it something different because they want to avoid the extra tax. Because if you call something a ginjo, not only does it have to meet the requirements, it also is more highly taxed. And it, the same goes with a dai ginjo is the most highly taxed in addition to meeting all the other requirements. So you might make a dai ginjo and then just call it a junmai because it's taxed less <laughs> and people who know will know. Gotcha. That's kind of a Insider scene. In, interesting. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Relies on reputation. Kampai. Thanks for listening so far. If you enjoy the show, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. Then head to www.thedrinkingbuddyshop.com and pick up some tasty pub snacks, barware, and more. Every purchase he makes helps us support small family-owned businesses in rural Japan and bring you more delicious, unique snacks to pair with your favorite beverages. Special thanks to all of you that have already started enjoying our snacks and sharing them with your buddies. Mmm. Oh, wow. Whew. That is dry. Mm, very dry. And pretty boozy finish. Very boozy. So what do you think, then? Would you want a creamy cheese? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, the... The salami might be good with that. Ooh, yeah, that's true. Or the blue cheese. You know, I actually meant on the last sake to try it with the inakayaki as well. Mm. So we're eating inakayaki, which is our latest release. Now, one thing you might not realize is inakayaki is actually four different types of rice crackers in one package because there are ones that have ebi, which is shrimp. There's nori, seaweed. There's sesame seed, and then there's just plain. That's awesome. I did not realize that. Yeah, so I think with like a, a more delicate sake, it works well. I know some people have tried it with beer, and I don't really recommend it with too many beers because, especially if it's something a little heavier, a lot of people like to drink IPAs and whatnot. It's not going to stand up to an IPA. Mm. It would be good with a lager, though. Yeah, absolutely. Especially rice lager. All right, now um, I'm going to try that salami. Yeah, I'm really glad I stole that shrimp one out of your hand. I love <laughs> I love shrimp sembe. But did you have to punch me? I mean... Did I? It's no proof. <laughs> I'm going to go walnut and blue cheese together. Well, I just did the salami and the hanaharu, and it enhanced... Maybe the umami almost, the savoriness of the salami. And it definitely did what I thought it would do, which is the dryness cut all of the oiliness. Mm. So I could just enjoy the flavor of the salami without a lot of oil. Yeah, the same goes for the blue cheese as well. That kind of boozy finish was also tempered. All right, now switching it up. I'm going salami. Mm. Blue cheese. Yeah, it's really good blue cheese. It's Rogue Creamery's Rouge Blue. Mmm. Yeah. With yeah. the Hanaharu, it really brings out the tanginess. Cuts right through the oiliness. 
the fatty part, but oh, if you like blue cheese, it's all the best parts of the blue cheese. Yeah. Oh. I will say this Hanaharu is not your typical Junmai Ginjo. It definitely has less of the what's called Ginjo Ka or the flowery bouquet. And it's very dry as opposed to most Ginjos and Dai Ginjos tend to be neutral to semi-sweet. Had you ever had Hanaharu Shuzo before? I definitely have, but it's been some years. I remember living in New York. I went to the ambassador's residence for a uh, Fukushima product promotion event. This is a few years after the nuclear plant meltdown in Fukushima. They were basically rocked by that natural disaster, as well as the tsunami, as well as the earthquake, which completely you know, destroyed their infrastructure. And then as they're rebuilding and trying to restart their industry, they were hit by an economic disaster where everyone everywhere, even within Japan, was associating them with the nuclear power plant. So Fukushima, which is the size of Connecticut, I mean, it's small compared to other American states, but in Japan, it's the third largest prefecture in the country. And it's divided into three by two massive mountain ranges. So you have the smallest section that's on the ocean where the nuclear power plant had the meltdown. And then you have the majority of the prefecture that was never in any danger or irradiated in any way whatsoever, unable to sell any of their products. It really hurt their their government and their economy and their ability to rebuild because they didn't have any money coming in. Yeah, I remember seeing the signs in Japan basically saying it's from Fukushima, but it doesn't have radiation. <laughs> yeah, even to this day, it is the most monitored in terms of like anything seafood related or rice related or water related. They're checking daily what the radiation levels are. And in a lot of cases, it's less than other places like New York that you would trust or not think twice about. Yeah. And the crazy part is I just saw last week people moving back into their homes and that disaster happened in 2011. Mm -hmm. And that's crazy. Yeah. But so I went to this ambassador's residence for this event and it was all products from Fukushima. I believe Hadaharu was one of the sake they were serving there. They had like three or four and they had sashimi. They had like so much good food and everybody just stuffed themselves and had a good time. And the point was, you don't have to be irrationally afraid. All right, so what do we move to next? So I think the eclipse would be the next move. All right. Right? Yeah. All right, so we have eclipse from our very good friend James Jin at Nova Brewing up in Covina. And this is polished to 70%. It is a June Mai using premium California Calrose rice, and it is a Muroka Nama. Can you explain what that means? Yeah, so Muroka means that they don't use carbon fining as an extra step in the filtration process. So typically, Muroka sake will have a little more of the microscopic bits of rice that adds character and flavor, and it also will refract the light differently. They tend to have a straw-colored tint to them. Nama means that it's unpasteurized. So we are trying James Jen's Eclipse. Eclipse. Made with black koji, which is normally only used for shochu, 
production or other products, not sake. Sake is normally made with white koji. But I think he said that he deliberately wanted to try using black koji to evoke more of a white wine flavor. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is delicious. It's got nice body, which most sake brewed in America, I'm just going to go ahead and say, suffers from not having enough body. And I believe that's just the rice. Mm. If you're using American rice, you tend to get less body from the finished product. This actually has nice body. It's a pretty muted bouquet, but it's also a Junmai polish, so it's not a Ginjo or a Daiginjo. That's another common misconception with wine drinkers is that if a sake doesn't have an aroma or a strong aroma, that that's some sort of failing. But for sake, aroma was an afterthought that has only been considered in the last couple hundred years. I just tried it with wasabi shoyu mayo. Mm. And it definitely took the spiciness and danced around with it a little bit. Well, wasabi is an interesting spiciness because it's not the same as, you know, it's more like a, a horseradish spice than a, right. than a picante, like, chili spice. I could eat these, show you wasabi mayo, <laughs> until you were bankrupt. Like, I... <laughs> I would never be a good salesperson for that because I'd be getting high on my own supply. All right, so this was the... That's the Gouda tasting one. The Beecher's cheese, right? Yes. Flagship Yule case, aged 13 months, with wine and honey, robust, nutty, floral, meant to be paired with chutney. Hmm. Yeah, I really do like... Oh, fantastic. Yeah, you got to do it. I really do like the acidity on this uh, Eclipse sake, and it's not cloying, but it's definitely got more body to it. Now, why do you think American-made sake, or at least American-made sake with American rice, suffers from a lack of body? Is it the water? Because a lot of the time they're doing, like, reverse osmosis to create a water profile? No, because there are super soft water sources in Japan as well. I think it really comes down to the rice itself. For one thing, Japan has over 100 varieties of rice that were bred specifically for making sake, and we just don't have that many to choose from here in America. And then the ones that we do have, you're growing in different soil, with different water, and with different farming techniques. Thanks so much to Greg Beck. Subscribe to Greg's Sake Secret newsletter by checking the link in our episode description. Or meet us both at Sake Secret inside Long Beach Beer Lab. In our next episode, I'll be chatting with Chet and Jessica of the G-Rub, handcrafted spice blends made right here in Long Beach. Thanks for listening to The Drinking Buddy Show. Be sure to subscribe and share it with your buddies. Check out our latest artisanal snack offerings at www.thedrinkingbuddyshop.com. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Take care and drink well.